your anointing as it was upon the praise and worship, upon our children as they sung. Father, we thank you that your anointing will be upon the word as it goes forth today. And as it goes forth, lives will be changed and ministered unto. I'm asking you, and we're covenant together, believing together, that you'll use my tongue as the pen of a ready writer to write upon the hearts of your people. All this morning, Lord, we come to celebrate Jesus. And we thank you that he's our Savior, he's our Lord, that he willingly went to the cross and died for humanity. And so, Father, we thank you for truth deposits this morning, divine impartations, and that lives will be changed, and we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody agree with that? Say amen. amen. All right. Now, also, what you should have received coming in this morning is just a simple handout, and it's something just like this. And so I encourage you to pull that out because we'll be following along. And if those of you like to take notes, you have a pen, just follow along. But he lives. Everybody say this with me. He lives. He lives. We're speaking about Jesus, that he lives. Our text will be found this morning, and we'll be turning to Luke chapter 24. As you're turning your Bibles, Luke 24, 1 through 12. Also, Luke 18, verses 31 through 34. 1 Corinthians 15, 14 through 20. Notice our theme this morning, that the very heart of Christianity is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. The very heart of Christianity is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I will tell you this, that if you would go to the grave of Muhammad, that his bones or his body is still there. If you would go to the grave of Buddha, his bones, body is still there. If you go to the grave of Hare Krishna, his body is still there. But if you go to the grave of our Savior, Jesus Christ, his body is no longer there. He lives. He is alive. He is alive. The very heart of Christianity is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What's so amazing about Easter? That's a great question. What is so amazing about Easter? Because think about this. On Friday... Jesus was tried. On Friday, he was beaten by the Roman guards. On Friday, he was crucified between two thieves. On Friday, the women wept, the disciples ran. On Friday, think about it, Jesus was stabbed, pierced in the side, proclaimed dead. What is so amazing about Easter? On Friday, the stone was placed over the tomb. And guards were posted. On Friday, the Messiah was dead and buried. I got good news for you. That was Friday. Today is Sunday. Come on. I said that was Friday. Today is Sunday. This is Sunday. In your notes, notice this. Here's your first blank. Less than 48 hours ago, their world had been turned upside down. So see yourself right now. I mean, imagining, here you are. Remember we, last week we talked about Palm Sunday and we talked about that, that they were just lined up in the streets of Jerusalem and they were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, waving their palm branches. And we find out right now that less than 48 hours ago, their world had been turned upside down. We're going to look at the lives of women, a few women. We're going to look at the lives of two disciples and we're going to look at the lives of one, the Apostle Paul. And look and see how all of them spoke about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we go, as we look at this, understand that these women, imagine you going down the path, headed to the tomb to finish the work. 
The work that they started on Friday, everybody say Friday. They set out to complete the gruesome task of anointing the body of Jesus. The world is shaking, tears running down their faces. But something happened. But something happened. Something unexpected. Everybody say unexpected. Something unexpected happened. A, in your notes. The woman went to the tomb expecting death and experienced life. Think about this. Because they they seen him. They took him off the cross. They took Jesus off the cross. And when they took him off the cross, they laid him in the tomb. And they they put all the the ointments and they're going to anoint the body again. And then all of a sudden, tears are running down their faces. And they went experiencing, thinking that he's still dead. The woman went to the tomb. The women went, expecting death and experienced life. Turn in your Bibles to Luke. Chapter 24, let's look at a few verses, verses 1 through 7, and we're going to break down the verses for you. Verses 1 through 7 talks about the angel's testimony of the resurrection. Notice this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices. They had prepared and went to the tomb. Verse 2. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Verse 4. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look, listen to this, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be carried, and on the third day, listen, crucified, and be, listen, on the third day, be raised again. Remember. So the angels is reminding them. At the end of three days and three nights, Death is swallowed up. And then understand this. This is why it says, Corinthian church, he said, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? And when I think about that, I I can only put myself in that position. I can only put myself in there and think, wow, here I am now. I'm going to the tomb. I know what happened. I know what took place. And I'm going to anoint Jesus. And then all of a sudden, the stone is rolled away. Two angels are speaking to me. I'm like, what is going on? I didn't know, I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to say, but look in your notes, let her be. As we said, the women, they find the stone that was rolled away. C, the women find the body of Jesus was gone. D, the women find themselves speaking to angels. And notice what the angel said again. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Let me say it again. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Everybody said it with me. Say, he's not here. He's risen. And as we continue in verse 8, this is prophecy being fulfilled. Verse 8 through 9, NIV says this. They remembered his words when they came back from the tomb. They told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. Prophecy. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18. Let's look at this together. Luke chapter 18, verse 31 through 34. 
Jesus tells of his death and resurrection. Verse 31. Jesus took the 12 disciples aside and he told them, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. Everybody say fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. On the third day, he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what, was taking, what, what he was talking about. Notice this. He was beaten for you and I. He was spit on for you and I. Can you imagine? I know that, that we look at our films today, and, I, and I, I really enjoyed The Passion of the Christ because that particular film to me showed really how Jesus looked, how he was beaten beyond recognition. We look at some of the films, and after Jesus is on the cross, we may see a few stripes on his body and maybe a few bruises on his face. Listen, family of God, the Bible tells us that, that, listen, you could not even recognize that he was even in human form. His flesh was so torn off of his body. He couldn't even recognize his face. His eyes were swollen. And on top of that, remember, they placed this crown of thorns on his head, and they beat it down on his head, and blood began to rush and gush right out from his temples. This was before they nailed him to the cross. And they smacked him and beat him and said, prophesy, you're the king. Who hit you? Being blindfolded. But do you know, the Bible said that he was like a lamb that went to the slaughter and never opened his mouth, not one time. I think about us. What would we do if someone blindfolded us, beat us, hit, hit us, prophesy? You claim you're a Christian. What would we do? And then I think about our Heavenly Father who gave us his son. And, I, and the only the way that we, we get this depiction of it is when Abraham was, was, was actually commanded by God and said, Abraham, offer up your son Isaac. And I know we have fathers in here, mothers in here. What would you do? Would you, when God, if God required of you to offer up your son, to offer up your daughter, and to know that you are going to the mountain to worship. And to get to that mountain to worship that you are going to lay your son on the altar. Raise a knife. Slay him. What would we do? I think about this because from the very time the redemption was put in place. God the Father knew exactly what was going to take place. You see, Isaiah writes about it when it says... That who will go for us? Who will I send? Jesus said, send me. Do you know that he knew everything that was going to take place? How he was going to be beaten. How he was going to be laughed at, ridiculed, 
how he was going, how he was going to be beaten beyond recognition. And prior to that, that they were going to be singing his praises. And the same ones that were singing his praises would turn around and say, crucify him. Caesar is our king. Not him. Crucify him. You see, that was Friday when they beat him. That was Friday when they put him in a tomb. But this is Sunday. This is Sunday. Resurrection Sunday. Let's go to verse 10, 10 through 11. The testimony of the women to the resurrection of Jesus. Here we have in verse 10, it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to be like nonsense. Now, ladies, I'm not talking about you, but sometimes men can be that way. You're talking, but they're not listening and thinking you're talking nonsense. I'm trying to help you out here. But they were making sense. And all the men go, oh, Lord. But they were making sense here. They were telling the truth of what they were seeing, what they seen, and they were, and they were told to go tell. Verse 12. The empty tomb. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. He heard what the women told him. He ran out of where they were staying. They ran, however, and got up to the tomb. And, of course, John, the beloved disciple, running as well. And then they ran and they looked into the tomb. They bent over. He saw the, listen, the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Notice, notice Peter's like, what happened? Instead of saying, he's risen. What happened? What happened? Now understand. Understand this. That in Peter's life, what he just went through. Can you imagine yourself standing from afar in the courthouse while Jesus was on trial? And then people coming up to you and and saying, I recognize you. Aren't you one of them? And for Peter to turn around and say, no, I'm not one of them. And then he moves to another location. And then someone comes up to him and says, your voice, it sounds like, like you've been hanging around, like you're around the Galilean. It sounds like, no, that's not me. And then the third time, wow. And what happens the third time? Just as Jesus prophesied, he hears in the background. Once, twice, the third time that the rooster crowed. And he ran off. Everybody say he ran off. Can you imagine if that was you? What would you do now? He ran to the tomb and he's looking. He ran from there. He's running here. Listen, I'm not getting on, Peter. I'm just saying. I said he was going through some things. Can you say amen? I'm going to change mics. Is that all right? Guys, go ahead and turn me on here. In life, he went through so many things. Recognizing that Jesus prophesied over and over again that he was going to die, that he had to die. You remember one time in which Jesus had to rebuke Peter and said, 
Peter, I rebuke you. You see, because Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. Because he was saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to be crucified. These are things that are going to happen. Not so, Lord. Didn't have a revelation. But I love what Jesus said to Peter, just like he says to all of us. I prayed for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And aren't you glad that God is praying for us right now? Jesus praying for us right now. Man, that's exciting. So again, that was Friday, but today is Sunday. Everybody say, it's Sunday, the empty tomb. Let's look at Paul's account. Let's look at Paul's account. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 19. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. We're so excited about what what God has done in our lives. We're so excited about Resurrection Sunday. We're so excited because, as we've stated before, in the beginning of our notes, that, that the very, very thing that we believe in as believers, everything that we trust in with our hearts, that the very heart of Christianity is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The very heart. And as we look here together, have you found it? If you found it, say praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12 through 19 says this, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, here is Paul giving an explanation, proving to them that Jesus Christ has risen. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For, For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. His argument. He's arguing, and he says this, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. Think about that. What we believe in today as Christians, what we believe in, and understanding that Jesus Christ is our risen Savior, if we do not believe in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, then it says that our faith is useless. Useless. And he goes on and says, and we apostles would all be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. There are those who are arguing that that there's no resurrection of the dead. There are those that are arguing that there is a resurrection of the dead and that Jesus Christ himself is risen. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case... All who have died believing in Christ are lost. Think about this as believers this morning. If we do not believe in the resurrection of our Savior and our Lord, Jesus Christ, then everyone who has died, gone on before us as believers, then they've died lost. But we don't believe that this morning. We believe that Jesus Christ, on that third day, he got up from the grave. Let me tell you what was happening in between that time. He had to go down to hell. To die. Listen, got to go down to hell to pay the price for you and I. But the grave couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't hold him. Hell couldn't keep him because he was an innocent man dying for humanity who was lost. And committed all kinds of sin. Jesus, 
died on the cross for you and I. Jesus rose on the third day for you and I. Jesus is seated right now in heaven interceding for you and I. This is Resurrection Sunday. This is Resurrection Sunday. So what's so amazing about Easter? Then Sunday came. Look in your notes. Then Sunday came. All oh, the cross, Jesus' death was not the end of the story. It was really just the beginning. It was not the end. It was really just the beginning. The beginning for you and I to be set free. The beginning for you and I to praise God. The beginning for you and I to have our sins forgiving, forgiven. The beginning for you and I to be set free and to live for Jesus. The beginning for us to be free from sickness and disease in our bodies. The beginning, we can go on and on and on. The beginning for humanity to start living. It wasn't the end. And let me say this to you in your notes. Sin surrendered its power and hell was conquered. Sin surrendered its power and hell was conquered Angels proclaimed good news, and heaven celebrated. Oh, thank God. And then lastly, death was defeated, and Jesus is alive. Let me say it again. Death was defeated, and Jesus is alive. Family of God, I'll tell you this morning that the very heart of Christianity is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus lives. He lives. Now, what I want to do just for just a moment, I want to pray for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you are when you're walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. You do. And some of you may have come here this morning saying, Lord, this is my time. This is my time to reconnect with you. This is my time to, to get my heart right. This is my time to start a brand new relationship with you. My heart is so full. My heart is so heavy. I need help in my life. I've tried my way, and I've done it over and over again, still ending up at the same place, lost, hopeless, needing God. I want to pray for you this morning. I'm speaking to you directly. Because if you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, and based on what you've heard, based on our faith, that we believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then one day you and I will stand before God. One day we will give an account of our lives. One day. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of your sins, what will you say on that day? What will I say on that day? Will we be one, will we be those that the Lord says, enter into my rest? Or will we be one of those that the Lord says, I never knew you, depart from me? Today, this morning, right now, you can give your heart to God and begin living a brand new life for Jesus Christ. I'm praying for you. Or maybe perhaps you're 
You've left Father's house. You, you've given your heart to the Lord one time, and you've left Father's house, and you've gone about like the prodigal son, the prodigal daughter, doing your own thing, only to find yourself in the mess just like the prodigal son in the Bible did. But you looked up today, and you said, I have it better in my Father's house. I'm coming back home. I'm praying for you. And any of those invitations, no one looking around, Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Would you slip your hand up and say, pray for me, I need prayer. I need to invite Jesus Christ into my heart to know him in a real way. I have not been living for him. I have not been serving him. I've been doing my own thing, and I want to rededicate my life this morning. If that's you, on any of those invitations, for the very first time, you want to give your heart to God. Or the second invitation, right now, you want to rededicate your life. Do we have anyone like that? Just slip your hand up. No one's looking around. I'm going to pray for you. No one looking around. Everybody look up. No hands went up. But I trust that every one of you, your heart's right with God. But if you want prayer after service, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you and for God to meet your needs because he loves you and he cares about you. And we're so excited about what he has for you in the future. Do you love the Lord this morning? Are you excited about Resurrection Sunday and what it means today? Well, the service is not over. We have a special for you. We want, want to sing, and we have our team is going to come back up. We have a video, video we want you to watch. It's going to be amazing. We know that you're going to be blessed and touched, and we want you to just get right in and have fun at the same time. But I tell you what, we are so excited about the goodness of God and all that he has done for us. Can you say praise God? God is faithful. It is Resurrection Sunday. It is Resurrection Sunday. I'm going to ask our ladies to come. And they'll be prepared, getting ready to sing. Please, as I said earlier, it's not the end of the service, but enjoy. God bless you. So amazing, so wonderful, and he's had so many sacrifices. 